This is the Being Borderless podcast with me, Musa Bajwa. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today for another episode. Uh, today, I have someone that I actually first connected with in, I believe, 2015 on a random Facebook group because we were in the part of the same organization and I was in Oman and she's from Tunisia. And over the years, we've sort of only met once in 2016 and then we just kept in touch on and off. Uh what can I say about her? Well, she's a very creative and amazing person. She's always doing some big things with her life. Either that be uh, hosting roundtable talks or being involved in marketing, uh, what do you say, conferences. Uh, she works for one of the largest organizations in the world, but that does not define her. She has her own podcast as well, just called My Generation. And her name is uh, Ines Agrebi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Musa, for having me. Uh, yes, I do remember that conference in Poland back in 2016 <laughs> when we met. <laughs> Random and uh, great Isaac days back then. Yeah, that was a, seems like a long, long time ago. Uh, yeah. Very happy that it has. we have moved on, <laughs> though I still appreciate those times. But Same. Uh, so the... The kind of way how I begin every time is uh, I begin with asking the guest to tell a bit about yourself uh, mm. and more specifically to kind of go slightly deeper into how you grew up, how was your family life and how do you think your childhood has impacted you to be who mm -hmm. you are today? Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, to sum it up... <laughs> Because I think, uh, yeah, one can uh, talk a lot about uh, childhood uh, and childhood memories in general. Um, yeah, so as you were saying, right now I I came from tu I come from Tunisia, and uh, right now I live in Germany. Uh, so I'm experiencing the immigrant life, uh, which is uh, I think a big part of how uh, you evolve. Um, and you learn to uh, be on your own and rely on yourself and adulting, I would say. Um, <laughs> but before that, uh, yeah, I grew up in Tunisia. I had my education there until uh, higher education. So I got my degree there as well. And uh, I would say that um, being a Tunisian really impacted a lot who I am, my identity growing up. Uh, and that because of the different, um, let's say, political uh, events and strikes that were happening in Tunisia. And I, you know, you read about, you know, history of countries and you read about, um, um, you know, sorry, sorry, Syria yeah, came up. It's good. <laughs> can I, can I do it again? Yeah, yeah, just continue. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was like saying, you read about different things that are happening in different countries uh, historically, but then to be part of it yourself uh, and to live the history, that's uh, that's something that for sure will impact your life. Uh, when I was 16, the revolution happened in Tunisia. And yeah, like I spent my high school days, my university days, you know, all these strikes happening and me being part of them in many times. And yeah, it just shapes who you are a lot and uh, you are in that dynamic. Um, yeah, and uh, right now, 
Uh, I work in as a marketeer. I've worked before in sales. I think um, I've also done like uh, events. Like I worked on international uh, conferences, as you say. I like to explore. I would say if I would uh, I, I identify myself, I would say I'm a very curious person. Um, even when it comes to sports, for example, I've tried different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've tried like judo, swimming. Uh, I this year I tried. Uh, I joined a football team. Um, yeah, my mom says that, uh, and my dad as well. Like that, I I like to explore different things. Uh, I like to read about different things as well, and I think that's also like reflected in the, my travels as well. Like um, I. I say like I'm Ibn Battuta at heart, who is a who is a traveler, <laughs> who is a traveler. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I would say like very curious. That's that's how I would identify myself. And um, yeah, surfing, last waves, figuring out life as everyone else. Um, yeah, I think if you if you give me more questions, I can answer more. <laughs> They're coming. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, so I I mean that's. Thank you for sharing that. I I would want to like delve a bit deeper because you said uh, the revolution shaped you a lot. In what ways did it shape you? Um, it did shape me in the way I think, uh, and it did shape I think my character. Um. So imagine this, like you live in a dictatorship uh, as a young uh, person. And for you to understand that you are living in a dictatorship, it's not like your mom or your dad coming to you and say, hey, you live in dictatorship. No, it doesn't happen that way. It's just the way people behave, uh, the, you know, like these, uh, mm-hmm. uh, these gestures. Um the when you see like you know the president being elected every single time you start to ask yourselves questions right like who is this why is that you know and i think i started asking a lot of questions at the age of nine uh at the age of nine i and that's and that came from reading so i told you like i i used i still write in arabic uh, i i write mm-hmm. um poetry i like to write poetry in arabic and uh, I used to read a lot, and I remember I was reading a lot at the age of nine. Um, Jibran Khalil Jibran and Abul Qasim Shebi, and they are both talking about like freedom. Um, our national hymn, for example, has verses from uh, from Abul Qasim Shebi uh, poetry. Um, so you start to ask yourself question and what is this and why we live like this and then i started to understand that we we are living in a dictatorship and we cannot say what we want about the regime like you cannot just go ahead and say whatever you like about the government and so you live like that and then i remember in in my <laughs> in my middle school i used to like my friend back then like i used to have two friends that we were talking a lot about politics that was before revolution and we were you know like listening to these songs that were like um uh, that were uh, prohibited, like you know, that were forbidden, mm-hmm. censored. Yeah, that's the word. They were censored, so we were listening to them, you know, and like these kind of things. It was like you know, it felt like <laughs> Nancy Drew detective kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, um, and you know, uh, and you know, um, back then there were like a lot of like references that the Tunisian uh, young people were doing. Uh, 
for these things. Like, for example, we did not have YouTube. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. That's like insane. But we were using YouTube, you know, like we were using all the VPNs and these things, you know. So it was fun. It was, there were fun days. Um, and then the revolution happens. And, you know, like, um, I think people are, people are different. I love to just go out as well to the streets and, you know, to skip classes and go to the where the, <laughs> the demonstrations are happening. I did that a lot. And I think in that year, I realized also what I wanted to do in university. I was like, okay. I'm not going to do uh, never ever <laughs> medical school or engineering. <laughs> I was a very good student and I was like, uh, to be honest, that year, uh, my grades fell <laughs> because of all the skipping classes and going to the streets. And I was like, okay, business school doesn't require that much <laughs> of a score. Like, you know, I was safe. I was playing it smart. Um, yeah. and I did get anyways my first choice uh, and, and my school is, is a very good management school in Tunisia uh, it's in, in the top ones right now uh, but it was new back then so I got lucky um, which I believe exists you know like some people say I don't know about you but do you think that luck exists because some people have I think luck does exist but I also believe by being disciplined and by putting yourself in places which has a large luck surface area, you create it for yourself as well. Yeah. Or you can create it for yourself as well. Yeah, I agree. I think, so there is this, a nice, beautiful uh, Arabic saying that says, it means like whatever you pursue will pursue you, right? So, yeah. uh, so I do believe in luck. I did not used to believe in luck before. I was like, no, it's about hard work, it's about discipline, it's about, you know, but then growing up, um, I realized that, you know, sometimes you do the work, you put in the effort, um, and certain things in life, you know, it's just, it's not that it's easier for other people and other people it's not, mm -hmm. but you, you get lucky, you know, someone introduces you to someone, you know, the, the opportunity, you know, um, Oprah Winfrey says something like luck is uh, preparation meets opportunity. So preparation is, is, should be there, but the yeah. opportunity presents itself for you. And I think I had that, like, for example, with my university, you know, it's right now, I think it's top one or top two management school in Tunisia. But, you know, back then it was new um, mm -hmm. and the education got better uh, uh, within it. And, um, um, you know, I got my first choice. Uh, although mm -hmm. if I got the same grade back then, uh, now it's harder to get it. So I was in the right context. Also with yeah. Isaac, I was like a lot in the right context. Um, mm -hmm. I did I did work, but I was, I don't know, things happened in, on, in the right context. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, that's like to go back to your question about revolution. It did shape me, you know, in becoming like this person who is like, you know, vocal about different things. And um yeah, always have a saying in whatever happened in politics. Not anymore, though. <laughs> Not to that extent. <laughs> I mean, certain things change. Your priority change. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you also mature and you start seeing like which battles I should fight and which I shouldn't fight. Like exactly, you're like <laughs> you're like you become smarter about that effort. You value time more. Yeah, exactly, and your mental health. Yeah, because. I mean, 
politics in the global south i know you don't like that word but politics <laughs> in the global south is uh, frustrating to say the least it is it is i mean that's a different topic that uh, yeah that's for another very, that, that for another podcast i could <laughs> talk about this for hours on end uh but i i would like to like kind of swave <laughs> into how you joined Isaac and what was yeah. that journey for you No it's it's I think um so I'm I'm turning 29 uh, soon this month and uh-huh. I was reflecting that 10 years ago I joined university and so I joined Isaac um mm. and to be honest I think I lived my 20s uh, I mean I'm not done yet like still one more year to go but I think I lived them very very <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very happy how I lived my 20s. Like I feel mm-hmm. satisfied with how it went. Um mm-hmm. and um Isaac is definitely a a chapter of that undeniably. I mean, we know each other because of it. Uh I know a lot of people because of it. I know when mm-hmm. we leave and we talked about this like when we leave we tend to, you know, and I had that in the and I had that um period of time is like when you are part of an organization any any organization for whoever is listening and you spend there like five years for example in my case yeah uh, and you give it all and like you 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 go places with it you know you you achieve a lot of things any chapter in your life once you're done with it you want to really leave it behind to create a new identity for yourself and you're looking for that new identity so like you know the top of the mountain is uh, the bottom of another one you got to keep climbing yeah <laughs> i forgot yeah. who said that it's not my words <laughs> <laughs> he's a director or something like when he got an oscar anyway so so that was my case but um definitely was a great chapter of my life uh like i joined 19 for me i had a short i would say like i skipped uh, steps like a lot of people you know when they join yeah. they are a new member then they have this uh, yeah. one year team leader then then you have like this vice president on a local level and then they have president on a local level and then yeah. me i skipped a lot of those steps so yeah so i joined like 19 uh when i was a, for, a freshman in university and then when i was uh when i was 21 i was already a, like president elected on the national level uh mm-hmm. yeah so uh i did like one, one year as a new member i worked in sales and isaac introduced me to sales and i think sales is one of the most important skills in life to have yeah um so i was Agreed. doing sales um as a new member you know 19 years old i was going with my proposals to companies you know <laughs> and you know selling <laughs> mm-hmm. selling everything <laughs> <laughs> you know selling immigration <laughs> selling <laughs> oh my god like it, it's funny like how you were like you know we we were selling really everything in Isaac like generally like we would sell you know a keynote we would sell you know i remember in an international conference uh this was like after five years i was like the head of this international conference and i had a team of 30 we put in the proposal i was selling my team you can sell to a partner 15 minutes with the president of Isaac International <laughs> <laughs> so because i mean he got access to the to the mind of um of a of someone who is the global head of an organization you know yeah. and i think it is a valuable content you know like you you sit there like 13 yeah, minutes i mean it, it depends how, how you package it it depends so. <laughs> yeah, yeah 
but we had we had like we were brainstorming what we can sell so yeah definitely i enjoyed it uh to be exposed at a young age with a leadership experience um mm-hmm. i remember once i had with one of uh, my bosses like i think one of the things like maybe we struggle with uh being not only isaac but anyone who was really involved in civil society is that when you go to the job work um you you start you know from scratch you know that's 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 zero mm-hmm. and then like people would be giving you tasks that you would be like okay like I'll, I'll do this i'll do this but then in your your head you'll be like dude i was like leading 30 people and i was yeah. like dealing with government and i was dealing with you know yeah. uh, ministry of interior affairs for you know for the for the internationals to come um and with partners <laughs> and yeah. with like universities like at that age <laughs> Uh, you you have this like shock at the when you join the workplace, but I think it's good. It's humbling. It's important that you start from zero. It's very humbling. It is. It is, and uh, you just have to enjoy it. You have to, sometimes. I I remember when I was an intern. At some point, I was like just enjoying the fact that I had honestly, like I I I was doing maybe one percent of what I used to do. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Isaac is also. I sometimes I feel like it's like hard slave labor work i'm not comparing the two at all but because you're working almost 24 hours and you're responsible for especially when you get to the national team and you like we had we had like so much pressure oh my god the country is running because of us like that mindset (laughs) yeah yeah for me it was it was uh, and also like in tunisia uh i remember uh when i got elected as president of Isaac in Tunisia I was the first female so like a lot of people like the whole network you know even like internationally it was like there was this article and people were sharing it etc and I remember like making of history first my university shared that article <laughs> <laughs> so I was like at that point for me I was like I didn't really care a, a lot like it gave me some like pressure but I was mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really care because like for me I was like okay I'm not gonna care about that i'm gonna care about having a great term uh Mm -hmm. that's what really matters uh but then i realized along the way that i have to have a good term (laughs) because i will be the reference (laughs) yeah look well we had one female and she (laughs) sucked (laughs) or she did a good job you know (laughs) so uh but i I didn't want to think about it a lot uh, in that sense but uh eventually it was a good term i had a great team uh, of course, we learn a lot. We make a lot of mistakes, and that's the beauty, the beauty of it. Um, and then for me, honestly, one of the things that shaped me a lot as well when we talk about identity was uh, uh, my year at Isaac International because, you know, being responsible for the Middle East and Africa um, and visiting and going there and being uh, uh, able to see. And uh, that shaped a lot my African identity, to be honest. Like, I... Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, this year, a lot of things have, were happening in Tunisia in that sense about immigrants uh, from sub-Saharan Africa. And I felt really uh, irritated of what was happening and mm-hmm. like disappointed. Um, so for me, that was like, I am, um, I have this like African identity. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, that it's, it's a different topic, maybe like more political, but like it's, um, it's a shame. Uh, how um, this divide uh, mm-hmm. because it doesn't serve 
us, like, you know, the African countries, it's sort of others. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that, that saved me a lot. And that was like, thanks to Isaac, like this African identity yeah. um, and the network and the people, of course, I think it's, it's great. Uh, my sister right now, she's, um, she's turning 20 and like, I always encourage her to do, you know, civil work, civil society work. Yeah. Uh, you learn volunteering as well. Because, I mean, we worked a lot, like in Tunisia, for example, we worked a lot and uh, we did not get paid for it. You only like when you are full time yeah. in Isaac International, etc. So that was uh, also a way of, you know, uh, learning to give. Uh, and mm-hmm. to be honest, I miss it right now. Like I miss volunteering. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, and like, I do it from one to like from a time to another, but not in that same frequency as an Isaac and I do miss yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that, that that was one aspect of it. I think that when you're starting, I think that that is one of the reasons why when you meet people who are uh, in Isaac, at least on national teams, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put all of them there, but <laughs> most people, because they've gone through this process of like putting their time without expecting anything in return, Mm. Uh, that they become so ingrained and obsessed with the mission of the organization. Mm. And then when you meet them, then you feel like, oh, I can do anything. Like, fuck, I can conquer the world, you know, because everyone is just in that same, going towards that same purpose. Yeah. Uh, You know, something I I want to share. My last project in Isaac was the uh, international conference. Um, And that was like something I did um as a very very last project and i remember with my team we had this um this motto it's called impossible is not tunisian we had like only five months to do the conference but the thing is like with those 30 people we really believe like at least for me and my core team that the people i was like meeting more like you really believe that impossible is not you know it's not happening (laughs) like the the amount of energy that we put and the persistence and the um for me that was like um I felt like I was living with my team, like uh, um, a certain level of uh, belief that uh, I mm-hmm. didn't live much uh, in other experiences. And I really loved it. And um, yeah, it gives me also motivation like uh, to remember that experience that actually this can happen uh, maybe one day with another project, with another team. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that was really nice to, live, to, 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 to experience. Yeah, no, I, I think Isaac had that uh, partly because also it, I think Isaac becomes a bubble. So whatever you're doing and you're meeting the people, they have the same belief systems as you and values mostly. So it's much easier to also align people towards a common cause, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. And also maybe for people who are listening that are not Isaacers or they haven't been in civil society or whatever. One of the things I learned that I took in my life, and I share with also my friends that are non-Isaacers, is that I learned in Isaac to reflect. Uh, we had hundred percent. Yeah, we had those sessions where we were reflecting on our experiences, yeah, closure but... of experiences, all these things. That was a pillar in my life. Um, yeah. That I learned in Isaac first because it's nice to see right now people are like more into journaling. COVID changed a lot of things. But I yeah. learned those like practices, you know, like to quarter reviews, although there are, they do exist in businesses, but not everyone is invited to 
these kind of things in business, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but in Isaac, I learned that, and I took that practice with me in my life. Like I was doing, yeah. like you know, I I still go to a cafe by myself, take my laptop, and like do you know reviews. I have you know my Google Sheets and these kind of things. Uh, and I remember once my friend told me, "Oh my God, Ines, you're such an Isaacer." Yeah, I mean, but that's it's the point. That's actually a very good point because I in all of our conferences, I think regardless if even if it was at else like a local chapter uh, level in universities, there always used to be a session on uh, self awareness, and then the, uh, this list of questions. And I think we have like three or four qualities. Yeah. Global, global global citizen s- and self-aware su- yeah. sustainability and self-aware and uh, clear clarity something like this uh but yeah that uh boils over or like spills over into the life into life as well when you're going i think for me as well like journaling and i mean that uh it helps a lot uh yeah. because it's so embedded in you in your kind of growth phase yeah that it's natural for us but when when i meet people who have never done this before or who are in even if they have never been in civil society or in isaac or any kind of this organization yeah it's not done at work as well because work is more like this 360 feedback which is very specific to the role that you're doing and the outcomes of that I mean, it depends on the organization, but like these quarter reviews, you know, with crunching numbers and like understanding what happened yeah. and like, it doesn't happen in all teams and sometimes even yeah. only on the board level. But maybe for anyone who's listening, like at least for me, I don't know, um, maybe also you can share. Um, there was that practice, like the reflection of uh, mm-hmm. how was your day and these kind of things. But you, I usually do them like once per month or sometimes once per quarter. And I also do the a yearly one and we have we have some alumni in isaac that uh, for example i do um the uh, i don't know if you know uh, hugo like i i actually have his like booklet every year and i i fill it um and also um also like the conversation about my personal development at work i learned mm-hmm. a lot of that from isaac uh you know to have that one-to-one conversation with your boss uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have to wait for them to yeah. lead that. You have to really own that yourself. That's what I learned. And I think I yeah. really helped me a lot to, to have that conversations, um, uh, to understand how they go. Um, we had even templates, you know, of like one-to-ones and these kind of things. So I, I took that too. And I think one last thing maybe, uh, was, um, uh, difficult conversations like how to yeah. have difficult conversations uh, i'm still learning that but <laughs> yeah but like it's thanks to isaac that i started to because i had very difficult conversations at isaac you know when you there are very difficult conversations that happened you know in teams you know when when you have yeah. when someone is not anymore fit to the team or when you have to, when you are selecting yeah. a team imagine like being like 21 or, or like 20 and you are selecting a team and you have to tell someone that they're not selected like so yeah you learn that a lot um yeah of course different levels but for me it really helped me a lot uh, mm-hmm. it accelerated that learning um yeah so through isaac was the first time that you traveled and lived in a different country i'm being specific right now because you were in isaac international which is the global 
become global team leading Isaac globally. Yeah. At that time, they were in Rotterdam. Yes, we were in Rotterdam. Um, that was, uh, but my first time traveling to another country was when I was twenty to I uh, to India to the international congress. No, I mean, living living in a country. Yeah, it was it was with Isaac International. Though I was actually living <laughs> because of my role, I was like living everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were just I, traveling because I was parts. we were going to uh, to Rotterdam for planning, replanning. Yeah, um, like I wasn't spending really much time there, you know, not not really mm-hmm. living, but uh, yeah, I was spending like for example a month in Egypt, another in Kenya, these kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I like I was all over the place to be honest that year. I wouldn't call myself living in one place. Um, yeah, but like to like be to live and settle and you know have your life mm-hmm. together. For me, it was Germany with my uh, with my global talent that I did with Isaac, uh, yeah. my internship, and then um, and then working here. Okay, so what led you to move to Germany? Apart from the fact that you found an internship there, but why Germany? <laughs> when people ask me this question, I always say Germany chose me. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> twice. Twice. Chose me twice. So for me, honestly, because <laughs> when you tell me why Germany, I didn't do efforts to go to Germany specifically. I was like, okay, I'm going to Germany. Let's, you know, find an opportunity yeah. there. I didn't do that. I was looking for my next uh step. I knew I wanted to work in in my current industry. Because uh mm-hmm. Thanks to my professor uh, in university, I, I had so many case studies about logistics and uh, uh, marketing mm-hmm. channels. So I was like curious about it. And I was like, I want to try it. You know, I told you like, I, when I get curious about something, I really want to try it. I want to go for it. And it's something super different, like super different mm-hmm. from what everyone was doing. And like, you know, so my pl- initial plan, if I would chose in a country was to go to South Africa. Um, I was looking for okay. South Africa. This is like what I told you why Germany chose me because like I was searching in South Africa. So okay. I wanted to do... Uh, also, the choice of the company was deliberate. Like I thought about it. it it's an Isaac yeah. uh, partner. Uh, so it's it's going to be easier. I know a lot of people there. So uh, there was always an opportunity that was every year uh, in South Africa. That year that I was p- applying, it's it, yeah. it doesn't exist anymore. It's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. That's why I told you, like, I believe, like, in luck and context a lot yeah. growing up. Because out of all the years, that was the year that they don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I stopped applying. I remember I was in Turkey when I was applying for a lot of roles after Isaac finished. Went back to Tunisia, mm-hmm. um, joined, like, a small business, and I was working as a head of marketing there. Uh, I just I did only three months and then I was one time was showing my friend how to apply for an internship through the Isaac portal and I mm-hmm. opened the laptop and I saw last day to apply global marketing intern Germany I told her mm-hmm. this is how this is how you apply and I applied mm-hmm. okay <laughs> this is how you apply and this is how I'm taking your job <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's not her job she's not looking for that <laughs> like she was yeah, she yeah, wanted yeah, to learn yeah <laughs> <laughs> She was a, like, uh, it was a marketing job. She's a, she's a business analyst anyways. So yeah, and I forgot about it. I forgot about it. I just applied, forgot about it. Uh, yeah. And then they reached out and it was, it was really super fast. Like I went to Germany 
before even finishing my last exams. Uh, so mm-hmm. I came back to into Tunisia to finish my exam uh, in July because I went in June, end of June, and you know, and I graduated that year uh, as well. So it, and my dad went to my graduation ceremony. I wasn't even there. My dad oh, wow. went on the you know stage, took my diploma with the head of marketing department on his left and the dean on his right. Uh, it was a really fun moment because. Also, I mean, a funny thing is that, uh, so they were calling on people to go, the marketeers, yeah. and he was not hearing my name. The thing is, I told you, like, I, because of Isaac as well, like, I, I didn't have, like, the top grade. I was like, I got yeah. exactly what I needed to graduate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my dad went to the, he was, like, tell, he was waiting there, and he told the girl, um, my friend, he told her, is Ines graduating? Like, he even doubted if I was graduating, <laughs> if I mistook it. And she was like, ah, don't worry, they will call you. So they did. I got my degree. And I told him, dad, look yeah. at the bright side, you know. Um, I already have a job. <laughs> while, <Yeah. laughs> while they are, while. you know. <laughs> that's what you get when you network well. And you, um, yeah. and you do extra stuff as well, because uh, that's important. Um, but also substance is important. Don't get me wrong. Um it is very important. I do believe that. Though sometimes, you know, with the grades, doesn't really reflect it. I think one of the things, if I would say in terms of learnings, I do regret a bit, to be honest, is that because I used to skip finals to travel uh, for like, I remember like for steering team meetings, like you would get, uh-huh. I was getting Fs just like that because I was skipping things. And I do regret that now. Uh, yeah. Because, it, you but know. But why, why do you regret that? I regret it to it a bit because, um, because you know, that's not my real, uh, that's not my real, let's say, level or like on terms of like transcript, you know. And whether you mm-hmm. like it or not, I know that like yeah, degrees don't matter in these kind of things. Is now very. I think degrees do matter. In this, it depends on which. <laughs> in this context yeah. right now, like and people like talking and yeah. podcasts, whatever. But if I want to apply to a certain masters that I want, for example. They would check. Yeah, they're yeah, going yeah. to check my transcript, whether you like it or not. Yeah. That's that's the reality right now. <laughs> we have we have to be real as well. Yeah, I mean they they will check your transcript. Uh, I also have that regret, but <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> being someone who took like nine years to fucking graduate <laughs> because I was ah, in Isaac okay. and I was traveling and shit. Uh, but uh, I think. It depends on the program as well. It depends if yeah. you really want to, why you want. And then you can also show, you know, yeah, that's what true. else you've been doing. That's so, true. I mean, I mean, and the good, sorry. lastly, we can't do anything about it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I mean, the good thing is that because I took a major marketing, I have very good grades in marketing. And even my professor, he wants, um, when I wanted to apply for this master, he, um, how you say, like, re- gave me a reference letter. And yeah. I'm sure he would do it again if I would ask him um, yeah. from, from the good side of it. But we, I could have managed better. Like my last year, for example, of yeah. Isaac, when I was doing this conference, uh, I was having seven subjects, for example, seven. Uh, oh, wow. That was so a like lot. A full load. Yeah. Our full load was six. I took seven because I wanted to graduate and I was working part time as an uh, English teacher. I had for like one month, I was like co-hosting um, on the radio, that conference to mm-hmm. take care of and my studies. 
So like four things, but uh, because yeah. I failed a lot in time management before that, that was a year where I really did well. Like uh, I passed all of them and not like just passed them like with a D or C, like I had like B's and B plus and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like I, I managed, but it's, I was super disciplined uh, as well, mm-hmm. uh, but you learn. Um, and also I took a gap year. Uh, that's when I worked with Isaac International, and I think it's worth it. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. Of course, I would do it again. It. <laughs> yeah, I would not change anything. Yeah, uh, there's always moments of uh, I think moments of regret come from comparing, or at least for me in my experience, it's like you can compare with people, or you can see like, oh, this person is going to this school, or this person is doing X, Y, and Z job while I was doing Isaac. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, when I see there's a good, uh, I forgot who said this quote in terms of comparison, but it was, if you're comparing yourself to someone uh, and you feel bad about it, would you switch your entire life with that person or you're only comparing for that moment in their life? Mm. And I was like, I would never switch my life with anyone. So why are you comparing then? You know, because you're on a different path and a different journey. Yeah. Maybe. Um, may... <laughs> not convinced. Look, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the comparison part. I'm, I'm convinced. It just, I think that because uh, I hear a lot of the discourse of no regrets, zero regrets, yeah. and uh, growing up, I like, I think now that I matured and, uh, hopefully, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I feel maybe I became more pragmatic, but also not forgetting my kind of my child my inner child Mm -hmm. at the same time so trying to find that balance and i think we do make bad choices in life of course we. and regret is a teacher i'm not a big fan of uh, no regrets no like uh, no regrets in the sense like i wouldn't change anything because i learned from it you know yeah yeah, but did you regret it at some point maybe yes and that's not bad you know that's not the end of the word it's just it's it's a feeling like any other one we all fuck up right (laughs) but if we don't i I exactly agree on that point that if you think regret is also a a moment for you to self-reflect uh and i feel i agree like i agree with you agree my english is I agree with you on, on the fact that this discourse of no regret, just travel, like there is X, Y, and Z things on the social media right now. Yeah. But no, if you have no regrets, you're just going to keep on repeating the same patterns and the same mistakes. If you actually take it for what they're saying yeah. is to have zero regrets, you know, uh, yeah. you're never going to change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of talk. I call it toxic self-love on social media right now. Yeah, toxic self-love, toxic self-awareness, toxic. You know, it's, like, it's the extreme of everything. Yeah, and like I think we should be careful what to use and intake. Hundred uh, percent. Oh, so we've been talking a lot about identity, and then you growing mm. up in Tunisia, and then how uh, just a brief retrospective and how the revolution changed you and then you went to Rotterdam but you were not really living in Rotterdam you were living in half of Africa the continent and now you moved to Germany as an as a proper immigrant (laughs) so how has that experience been for you in terms of uh, yeah living in Deutschland Deutschland um yeah um 
I think uh, I'm trying to just uh, structure it like uh, like someone who lives in Germany Germany would <laughs> uh, living abroad. In you general. have five minutes. <laughs> you yes. have five minutes. Nothing yes. more. Than I'm looking that. at the time at the same time. <laughs> um, I think being an immigrant, there are phases. Yeah, at the beginning, you are uh, loving it. Uh, mm -hmm. For me. When I was an intern, I was like living the intern's life, enjoying it, loving it, discovering, going all around. And then at some another phase comes when you realize that you are in a new routine. Oh my God, I'm working. Mm -hmm. It's a nine to five jobs. It's a job. Um, mm -hmm. Did I really want this? You are used to this, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, mm -hmm. you know, this dynamic, you know, life, you know, that you used to have. And now you start to feel a routine. And I remember. In my first six months, I was talking to a friend. I told him, I am afraid of the routine. Like, I was scared. Mm -hmm. um, and you start to, oh, my God, this is real life. I'm growing up. Like, it's happening, you know. You you file mm -hmm. your first, you know, Steuererklärung, which is like the taxes. Steuererklärung. <laughs> and these things. And you're like, and you're like I'm, I'm, I'm growing up. And then, mm -hmm. um, so you have that phase where you are, you know, trying to understand what's happening and then there comes the acceptance sometimes certain elements intensify this acceptance like for me um 2020 was a year an exceptional one a lot of things has happened uh, i was like mm -hmm. um, a lot of things happened like covid um on a personal level as well uh with my um what do you call it like job search because i was like finishing my mm -hmm. internship hiring was freezing it's COVID and yeah. I was looking for a job. Um, so you are in this uncertainty. Like I lived that uncertainty uh, like everyone else, but like I had other elements as well. Um, so, and also it was the year when I had like my first um, burnout kind of thing. Like that was like the uh -huh. year also where um, even like I, I consulted like with a therapist, etc., because I realized that, I never took a break from those seven years of Isaac being working intensively. Wow. Not only Isaac, but other jobs as well. Like I told you, I work mm -hmm. as well as a full time, etc. And like you're, you're always on the go. And then you at some, you wake up one day and like your body is not responding <laughs> anymore, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell is happening? You know. Uh, so I was like physically super tired that year as well that summer. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Yeah, that I think being an immigrant, I think a lot of people do have that. People have it with different circumstances. COVID definitely changed. But people do have that, like trying to figure out this new routine, what is happening. And then there comes the acceptance and you're like trying to make the best out of it and building this new identity of yourself. Uh, and that mm -hmm. was like for me, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Like I am, I am enjoying adulting um, because I feel like when you are uh at the end of the 20s some people will be like um i uh, like um you know having too much nostalgia to the past yeah i'm yeah, not yeah. there and i'm think I'm, I'm thankful for that but also i'm not there because i went through really a process of it wasn't easy you know like uh, the process yeah, yeah. of you know asking myself the questions you know um i had a lot of difficult conversations in the last i would say mm -hmm. two three years uh on different relationship levels uh and mm -hmm. that made me um stronger as a person i think the real fear 
at least for me, is to have um, genuine, strong, and difficult conversations with your closest people. Um, and is that a fear? It is because when you because it's very difficult to start. Uh, we're talking here about, for example, with your parents or yeah. with showing that vulnerability with your loved ones, with your yeah. closest friends, you know, to be able sometimes, you know, people spend a lifetime without telling their father what they don't yeah. like, like what's something that didn't that hurt them or like saying sorry or, you know, yeah. having that affectionate moment or a hug, you know, we take yeah. that for granted so much, you know, people I, I like me how i grew up i don't think like um i don't think uh, like i would go for it of course i would hesitate at the beginning like oh but i would go for like for example skydiving or for um i don't know yeah. speaking in public like in isaac we did like amazing things so like these kind of fears yeah. for me i see them as like you can deal with them easily but the fear yeah. of having that you know vivid genuine conversation you know like if you would ask yourself if i die tomorrow would i would I go um, in peace in a way? Like, did I have all the conversations that I wanted to have with the people that I love? Uh, am I clear? Uh, yeah. So for I me, your conscience clear. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that's that. That's how it was this phase. We live in Germany. Uh, it's not about the country. It's not about. But I think just like that phase of my life is about other yeah. things that were really more important. Um, than like other, you know, bucket list things, you know. <laughs> no, but the, I I sort of understand this point of view as well because I think once you start uh, living away from, let's say, your family specifically, uh, and then you're adulting, uh, you kind of see things from different perspectives as well. Yeah. And as you're growing as you yourself are growing as well, uh, you see, okay, in the, and if you're self-reflecting, then you see certain situations and you see, okay, this is what actually happened. This was my perception of it. This was that person's perception of it. Yeah. And se secondly, this thing of uh, thing having difficult and genuine conversations, I think it's a skill and an art. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I think by living away, because there's also this added factor of, uh, not being able to spend so much time with your family mm. and then as we're growing also knowing that maybe you only have a certain time that you will be able to spend your with your family yeah yeah so then i think that this is also like forces you into having those conversations and having those things again it completely depends on the person yeah you know? some people just choose to ignore it yeah that's true uh i will tell you like one of the biggest highlights of my life of my life was when I traveled with my mom solo and when I traveled with my mm -hmm. dad. Like me and my mom, we crossed Morocco. Me and my dad, we crossed mm -hmm. Andalusia. For me, yeah. like even now when I'm talking about them, I feel like a bit emotional because for me, those were the true highlights of my life. When you have um, that experience with your parents, I think people are, they have a different, it doesn't have to be a travel. Me, I love traveling yeah. part of it because of my parents. My dad, he also, yeah. he backpacked when there was no visa, no European Union, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my mom, she had a lot of pen friends, you know, <laughs> letters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they both love traveling. Um, yeah. 
and they took us on the road a lot in Tunisia when we were young. So mm -hmm. having that experience with them, seeing them in a different context and environment, like it felt like, mm -hmm. you know, you're with your buddy, you know, and uh, yeah. of course you have different conversations on the road and you, you, you understand a lot of things about your parents. And I think um, the more you have that healthy relationship with your parents, the more you understand more about yourself, the more you see them. Uh, some people blame their parents until they're like in their 40s for certain yeah, things. Oh, you didn't... they're just sad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you understand that they were adults just like you. Like my mom, when she was my age, she had she had two of my sisters, I think. She was uh, not me yet, but like, it's it's like, I mean, Jesus, like when she was my age, she was making decisions yeah. for, an for another individual. Like that's something to admire. And I, you can't blame them for anything. Actually, you are yeah. very grateful and you try to understand where it comes from. So it's like it brings understanding. Um, and I think this is for me in the last three years. Yeah, I had like some other projects. Like I went into podcasting, for example. Mm -hmm. um, I went back to writing in Arabic, which I'm very happy with. Although I'm like, I'm not sharing everything that I do, but like I am exploring still, you know, mm -hmm. um, trying to find what sticks. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been, like with podcasting, for example, it opened doors for me. Like at my work, I produce, yeah. uh, I produce for other friends that work in a, an organization. I've been in a program for podcasting for the MENA region. So I found myself not mm -hmm. only producing for myself, but I, I found myself enjoying being producer behind the scenes for other people yeah. as well, which is something I discovered. Um, yeah, but I had other things going on that were for me, um, contributing and making me more that human mm -hmm. you know, beyond like what you, what I, what I have done in my early 20s. So I think it's that balance. That's why I said like I'm enjoying my 20s overall, like with them, all mm -hmm. the bad and the good, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I uh, agree with everything that you said. Uh, the only subtext I'll add when it comes to, I think, our family relations, it depends on what your relationship is with your family and what you went through, I guess, as a yeah. child. It could be very different than what we went through. I'm grateful to have very uh, a very good childhood. Uh, even then, I had issues <laughs> of my own. But I do agree with you 100% that you cannot choose to be a victim in your life and pretend that everything happening to you is someone else's fault. Yeah. You need to grow up at some point. And it's freeing for yourself to do that. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. Um, one more thing that helped me, for anyone who's listening, like, try and also to think of them. Um, there were some readings and books that I had uh, that I read that helped a lot, like, 2020, I was 25, 26. So that was the year. Uh, that's a lot of the way I used to think about things changed. Um, mm -hmm. Some readings were related to uh, Sufism, you know, like the, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a mystic, uh, let's say. Mystic sect of Islam. Yeah. Uh, although I would say it's quite, it's kind of misunderstood in many ways. Because uh, a lot of people fantasize it. I saw once this meme. Yeah. Because people always like, you know, quote Rumi. And like I saw yeah. this meme, I was talking about God, not your girlfriend. Not your lover. 
<laughs> yeah, and most of those quotes are not even from Rumi. It's just made up shit, you know. Yeah, but for me, I read a lot the poetry of Ibn al-Arabi and I really love it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but also like uh, Stoicism, Taoism, like these philosophies mm-hmm. and especially uh, understanding, you know, how to deal with your emotions as they are raw, mm-hmm. real um, and like face them. Um, yeah. So that that helped, you know, uh, that the, like the, these three, I would say, school of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, they helped, um, and have like like personal responsibility of your own actions, which is really, mm-hmm. n- which is not easy actually, because uh, facing yourself and say, "Damn, I made a mistake," and uh, it's, yeah. it's easier said than done. I would say. I mean, we we oh, I'm always trying. Yeah, I believe that our biggest supporter and our biggest enemy is within us. It depends on who we choose to, you know, let win. And you can only win. And both of them are required by us, I think, uh, because they're a part of us. So, yeah, facing yourself is, I think, the biggest obstacle. Yeah. Or obstacle is the way, <laughs> as Ryan Holiday would say. <laughs> okay, so I mean, one thing we forgot to talk about, but I don't think we have time on this podcast, is your singing, because you are an absolutely brilliant singer, <laughs> even if you if you don't believe that. That's what I believe, so... I was going to share uh, something I, on that. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to share? No, I was going to share, like, it's 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 hard to face the feelings, but to share those feelings, for example, with someone else, or like with the with people it's even harder sometimes because like you're exposing your vulnerability and i experienced that with singing um because also in these three years that i started to literally just write my own my own songs but i still don't share them (laughs) so we're waiting for you to share them yeah hopefully (laughs) one day i will (laughs) when the time is when the context is right (laughs) uh the context might never be right in this case (laughs) yeah that's true i mean i started first steps already like at least to okay. meet, you know, some professionals and, and get opinions of others. I shared yeah. with a couple of people, but it's very difficult because, uh, I mean, uh-huh. to be honest, if I'm totally, totally honest, one of the songs I wrote it, wrote it after a session of crying. So, <laughs> I mean, that's when your best work comes So out. in the song, you would even hear me on the piano with... <laughs> You know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still recovering from the from the crying part. So, but yeah, that's uh, that may be something I would do one day. Like, I'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, looking forward to it. Uh, and there's something I took from I think I mentioned already from Diary of a CEO. This podcast with Stephen Bartlett. Yeah. So, in terms of asking a question left by the previous guest before concluding the conversation. So the question for you is, uh, what is something you intend to work at daily, but are content with never completing it? Mm. What was the first verb used? Uh, What is something you intend to work at daily? I think that's music. Okay. Yeah. It's something that I can work on daily. Uh, Uh But I'm fine with not completing it, not sharing it, uh, because it makes me feel mm-hmm. much, much, much better. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just makes me feel much better. It makes me feel creative. 
but if I don't finish it, it I mean that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Ines, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Finally, we schedules align schedules <laughs> aligned. Align. We finally got a chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want me to leave the the question for the next guest, or how does it work? No, no, you will tell me afterwards, so okay. it's fine. So, well, thank awesome. you so much, Musa, for having me. I wish you all the best uh, for your podcast, yeah. and uh, good luck for the next episodes. And yeah, looking forward to listen more. Yeah, waiting for you your new episodes as well. Inshallah. Of the podcast. <laughs> Inshallah. That's a, that's a no right. in Arabic culture. <laughs> I know that. Sadly, it, it's not meant to be. But <laughs> anyways, we're going to end on that. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye.